0: Welcome to the Spiritual Warfare Network Podcast, the training ground for warriors in Christ who are ready to walk in their God given power and authority. Apostle DeCoy Green is about to equip you with kingdom strategies and teach you how to strategically pray and effectively engage the enemy in spiritual warfare. Now, let's get into today's teaching. Good evening, good evening, everyone. This is Apostle Cora Green, a founder of Up Upper Room King. I greet you all in the precious name of Jesus. I welcome those who are watching live on Facebook, on YouTube, who are streaming on Periscope, or those who are even watching uh, a replay, listening to a broadcast, a podcast. Uh, certainly, I know that something will be said today, so have a great impact on your life. So, we welcome you to our weekly Bible study. Uh, So welcome to also tuning in now see everyone is starting to sign in and log in. Good evening to you. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Good evening and good evening. Amen. Amen. So again, uh, I'm going to open up in prayer and we're going to jump on into the word of God. Father God, we come now. Oh God, give you glory, honor and praise. We thank you for this day that you have made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you, God, for the word that should go forth on today. We know it should go forth with power. And accomplish what you set up to accomplish in the lives of these, your people. Speak to me. Speak through me, O God, that you may be glorified, that you may be magnified, O God, that this word will take root in the lives of these, your people, O God, that they shall apply it to their lives, O God. We thank you, O God, for all that's going to be revealed. Holy Spirit, open our eyes. We get, uh, reveal us the deep mysteries of the word of God in the mighty name of Jesus. I come against any seas of distraction in your try to sow. I blood block it now in the mighty name of Jesus. So we thank you now, o God. For the word, oh God, we give you name, glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. All right. All right. So uh, a quick recap of last week's Bible study. We were talking about our erecting holy golly altars. So we will talk about, and it was part two of that, that part of the holy golly altars. Uh, we will talk about how. Uh. With, with, with Jacob, he was told, when God told him, pretty much he had to check his camp. And, and if there's any accursed things, any idols, etc. in his camp, he had to get rid of it. Uh, because, of course, it caused contamination. It caused contamination. And and, and then we would talk about the filthy garments uh, that the enemy tries to put on children of God in a realm of the spirit. And that those evil garments uh, can be anything they desire to be in a person's life. So, so the enemy can have an evil garment of poverty, rejection, lust, bitterness, barrenness, not getting married. Uh, they can throw feces at an individual in a realm spirit and causing them to have an odor coming off of them. Uh, they can manipulate things in the spirit to make a man look like a, wo- a woman, to make a woman look like a man to, to the opposite sex, etc. Uh, all these different things with, with evil garments. We cover those evil garments. Uh, uh, being removed, etc. Uh, and so... Then we went into, of course, you know, get rid of those idols, those, 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 those evil altars, etc. cetera, uh, that God was having to get rid of. Um, and so, and then, then we talk about the power of a godly altar, that 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 the sacrifices, the sacrifices that are made on godly altars are powerful. It produces results uh, uh, because the altar literally cries out on your behalf. We talk about how the altar, when you raise a godly altar, not just one in the realm of the spirit, but a physical altar that you're raising in. Your home and you can have it in different rooms, you can have it on a job, different places, and and that altar can be whatever you want it to be. Whatever you can create it in a box, it could be a table, it could be a chair, you decorate, it, whatever you want it. You wherever you gonna make your petitions, a meeting place t- between you and God. We talk about the power of the altar, the power of a sacrifice, the power of a sacrifice. And we said how literally that you have the creative ability of God when you raise up an altar. Literally, the altar, if you would have seen around with the spirit, literally the altar is a created being, a created uh, spiritual being that you created that gets excited to hold your prayer requests, that gets excited to hold your uh, petitions unto God. It gets excited to be used as a place where you can make sacrifices unto God, make offerings unto God. So the altar, when you create it, literally becomes a living being a, 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 a spiritual being it, it, it's alive we said that everything has an air trees etc has an air uh the sun moon stars has an air etc and so and so we speak so when you spoke and create that altar and say that i covered in the blood of jesus that activated it and then uh and and, and you created it and now the blood of jesus activated it now becomes alive it becomes a living altar It becomes a living altar that when you're not even present, the altar still cries out on your behalf, according to the petitions that you place on the altar. So that's the power of the creative. You have the DNA of God, the creative uh, uh, DNA of God to create. We don't just have the power to create wealth. You have the power to create literally an altar. And it's not just this physical thing. It actually in the realm of spirit, it becomes alive and becomes a spiritual being that holds your prayer request, that's used to to, to offer up sacrifices uh, unto God. So it's pleased, it's happy that you created it to be able to do this job for you, right? So you don't worship the altar, you're worshiping God, but the altar is a tool that we use to uh, make our petitions unto God, to put our prayer requests on it, to, to make sacrifices, to, to to make vows unto God on these godly altars. So the power, the power of that altar is actually speaking out and crying out against Uh, uh, Even every evil altar that's trying to work against you, the the godly altar will speak against it, will come up against it because of you raising that altar. And now it it, it is is essentially uh, uh, being used by you and it's working on your behalf even when you're not around because you created it. And and again, it's a tool uh, that you can use. Remember, it's also a weapon against the enemy and it's literally literally a tool that you can use uh, against the enemy. And more importantly, to meet with God as a meeting place, with God, you and the godly altar, Amen. And so, and so that that's that's just just a, a, a little small snippet of what we covered last week. So make sure if you missed that uh, on um, erecting holy godly altars, that you go back um, and, and, and 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 watch that. And also, uh, the importance of um, costing something. Remember, David, David. David didn't, you know, one of the people in, in the city was going to give David the threshing floor and give him the, the sacrifice for the offering. David said, I don't want it if it's going to cost me nothing because so many people had died because of the plague. And so and so literally an altar, he raised a golly altar and one godly altar stopped the plague that had killed over 70,000 men. one altar. One altar stop the plague. So how much more will one godly altar stop all the plagues and attacks the enemy is trying to send against you? How much more would it counterattack and come up against what the enemy is trying to do in your life? Amen. All right. So today we're going to continue to stay uh, in this vein. We're in part six. Today is part six. Uh, we, we, and today we're going to talk about sacrifices and offerings on godly altars. Sacrifices and offerings on godly altars. So if you're on Facebook. Uh, Watching live, hit the share button right where you are. Hit the share button and share it with your friends, your family on Facebook. If you're on Periscope, swipe and share it with your followers. All right. Destroying evil altars part six. Sacrifices and offerings on godly altars. And so again, understand whether it be a godly altar or a demonic altar. All altars require sacrifice. We understand that premise. No matter what the altar is, all the altars require sacrifice. All altars are activated through sacrifice. Now, we know a godly altar is activated originally through the blood of Jesus. But it's through his sacrifice, his shed blood, that sacrifice activates the altar. So all altars are activated through sacrifice. And so again, Jesus said, blood automatically activates and authenticates a godly altar. So it's not a golly altar if it's not covered in the blood of Jesus. It's not a golly altar if it's not covered in the blood of Jesus. So even when you raise your, your your godly physical altar, you just say, I cover it in the blood of Jesus. That activates it. That brings it alive. And so sacrifices on godly, on, on godly altars puts a command on the altar. Again, sacrifices on the godly altars, it puts a command on the altar. It, it calls the altar to perform. It calls for the altar to produce results. So sacrifices on the altar invites God in to move on, on the altar and to answer by fire. So again, sacrifice on the altar invites God in to move on the altar and to answer by fire. So it calls for God to come in and consume the sacrifice. It calls for God to come in and multiply what you have put on the altar. So whatever those prayer requests are, whatever it is is calling us for it to manifest, calling for it to multiply. So a godly altar is a force to be reckoned with as it poses a big threat and causes many problems. To an evil altar. It makes it, still, it makes the works of witch and warlocks that much more difficult because the altars, the godly altar you're raising up, is crying out unto God and is crying out against the evil altars. It's crying out against the evil altars that witch and walls have raised up to try to come up against you. To try to come up against you. And that's why they, they, they stress the importance. Well, God said, destroy the altars, leave no, no trace behind, show them no mercy, get rid of their, their astral poles, their totem poles, etc. Everything that represents their idol worship, get rid of it, destroy it, leave nothing behind. And when God says to get rid of something, destroy something, whatever case be, you have to be obedient. There's something God's saying, OK, I want you to get rid of that. Don't deal, don't deal with that. I don't want you to watch that because I don't want that going into your into your soul. I don't want that wound in your soul. Stop watching that TV show. It's no good for you. It's The enemy is using that as a seed to sow into your life. So even, even those type of things, because certain seeds the enemy sows, he will use media, he will use TV, he will use all types of things, the enemy, to try to sow seeds in your life. So the Lord is saying, no, 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 because that very thing that you watch that God is saying no to is something that the enemy can use as a sacrifice on the altar. So, yes, let's try to get through their eye gates. What can we do to to get this into their eye gates? What can we do to get this into them to become, to synthesize themselves to these things? Let's get them to watch this. Let's get them to to entertain this and be drawn in by this so we can keep feeding them through this. It's subtle. It's subtle. So, So Amy operates in many different ways to try to get Gain some type of access to your life. So if God's saying cut it off, it's for your own good. Because he doesn't want any contamination in the camp. Those are the things that enemy will use to try to cause contamination. Contamination. You got to protect your eye gates, your ear gates. Your sexual gates. All these gates that the enemy wants to gain access to. To then gain some type of access to your life. And so we have to be obedient to God when he's saying stop doing that. Cut that off. Eliminate that, walk away from that immediate obedience. And so just putting that in perspective. And and so and and so the reason it's so important to understand the power of a godly altar is because we know the enemy has raised up their demonic altar, those evil altars that come up against you, right? And we we'll, as we get deeper uh in evil altars, we'll get into even about why. And evil altar can still speak for centuries after it was erected and how the, the results of an altar from centuries ago can still be active today. Demons can still be activated or doing what they, 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 they're they doing in your life and your family because of what happened on the altar a long, long time ago. So so putting that in perspective. So that's why we have to be vigilant. We have to be on post. We have to continue to pray in war until we see results. We have to continue to set up our godly altars. Because it's power in the sacrifice. Is it mandatory that you set up a godly altar? No, I say this time and time again. But is it beneficial? Absolutely. Absolutely. So the importance of the altar is shown by the level of sacrifice on it. I'm going to say it again. The importance of the altar is shown by the level of the sacrifice on it. Now we know again, Jesus' blood was the ultimate sacrifice for us on the godly altar, but his blood gives us the access point or it activates the altar. His blood activates the altar. And from there, now we can put our sacrifices on the altar. That was Jesus' sacrifice for us, that we could even build an altar through his blood. Because in the Old Testament, yes, they built altars, but the blood that was shed was with goats and other animals, etc. Making sacrifices unto God And it had to be continued, continued, continued But on a godly altar, through Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ That was shed once and for all That automatically activates There's no more blood that has to be shed So that activates it And now as Christ's blood being the foundation Now we build on it Now we bring our sacrifices He's already sacrificed for us Now we bring our sacrifices Unto God So again, the importance of the altar it's shown by the level of the sacrifices on it. It's shown by the level of the sacrifice. So yes, we put our requests, our petitions on the godly altar through prayer, but the but the petitions, the prayers are not the sacrifice. Right? That's not the sacrifice. The sacrifice begins with the what Jesus said, blood. And that is the sacrifice that was made for us to even be able to go to God for ourselves, right? And so his blood activates a godly altar, but we must offer up sacrifices unto God to get the altar to respond. The blood of Jesus, get this principle the blood of Jesus causes the altar to become alive, it activates the altar. So now an altar is ready. Bring it. What you, what you bringing to me? What you, what you putting on me? Now the altar is ready. And from there, now you bring your sacrifices. Are you following? So, so so, now you are bringing and offering up your sacrifices, bringing your offerings unto God to get the altar to now respond. And so the altar responding is essentially a point of contact between you and God. The altar is a place you commune with God. The altar is a place where you show God your sacrifice unto him. It shows your dedication and your obedience unto God. It shows how much you trust God because it's in your sacrifice. It's in your sacrifice. So what are you willing to give up for more of God? What are you willing to sacrifice for more of God? What are you willing to push aside for the things of God? What you commit unto God on the altar or vow unto God? On the altar as a sacrifice is what you're willing to give up for Him. And remember, I'm saying we put things on the altar. We put our prayer requests. We we offer up sacrifices, praise on the altar. But there's also vows you can make, saying, "Okay, Lord, I'm going to sow this seed. I'm going to make this offering into the church, into the ministry, into sowing in this person's life. Okay, God, I'm going to sow my these clothes today. I'm going to give my car away. I'm going to get, bless them with this house. Whatever, the, whatever the case may be." Whatever the case would be. But it's a sacrifice because some things are so pressing. You say, Lord, I'm willing to offer up this sacrifice. I'm willing to sacrifice this on the altar out of my comfort. I'm sacrificing. And the problem sometimes in the body of Christ is sometimes we're not willing to sacrifice. We're not willing to give things up. We're not willing to let things go because we think we're losing something. When you're sowing into the kingdom of God, when you're giving unto God, etc., you're never losing something. You're never losing something. In a moment, it may feel like it, but you're never losing. You always get more return because that's the nature of God. That's the law, the laws of God's of, of, of his kingdom. The laws of multiplication in the kingdom of God. So there's some things you say, Lord, I'm offering up this sacrifice. Yes, this hurts. Yes, this is a sacrificial offering. Yes, it's stretching me. It's taking me out of my comfort zone. But it's a sacrifice you're willing to make for what you're seeking God for. It's not bribery. You're not paying God off trying to bribe him to do something. We'll we'll get into that about demonic bribery. This is not bribery because you can't bribe God into doing anything to get it. But it's showing, Lord, I'm sacrificing this just as we fast. It's a sacrifice. I'm not going to eat until I get the answers here. I'm turning over my plate until I get these answers. It sacrifices, sacrifices, and so some offerings you make. You come to oh, to God, I vow this. I'm going to, to 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 sow this this financial seed that's going to stress you. Or I'm going to sow this into this person. Or I'm going to do this because I know it's a sacrifice. I'm going to give this up. I'm going to stop watching this on TV because I understand what it's doing to my soul. Sacrifices. And you're making his vows. You tell him at the altar because your communion place with God. It's your meeting place with God. And you're you're letting him know what you're sacrificing. You're putting on the altar. You're putting on the altar. The power of the sacrifice. I'm, I'm helping you understand the power of the sacrifices and the offerings on the altar. We have to learn how to sacrifice. We have to learn how to how, how to get out of that comfort and truly make offerings unto God. That is beyond the norm. That's beyond what we what we are accustomed to. That's beyond beyond what we what we're comfortable with. We just say that so last we got David he made he raised his altar and 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 and, and they were going to give him the threshing floor for free, they're going to give him the alt the uh the uh the stuff for the altar for free, they were going to give him the, the sacrifices for free. He said, No, I don't want it if it don't cost me nothing. Now, yes, there's things that's not going to cost you nothing. God's favor is blessing, wonderful, that's great. We're not talking about that. We're talking about this was something that he said, No, this is so much going on, I have to give this up. I have to sow this. I have to sow into this. I have to sacrifice something. I I, I got, I got, it it got to cost me something. Cause 70,000 men are already dead and the numbers going up. This is important. I got to stop this plague. I got to raise this on Godly altar and it can't cost me nothing. There's something you should Lord No, this, this, this can't cost me nothing. This is going to cost me something. I'm willing to sacrifice this. I'm willing to make this type of offering. It's a sacrifice. We have to learn the power of the sacrifice on the altar. The importance of it, the power of it. And so, of course, the enemy is a copycat. And he has an evil version. This is why you see some sacrificing family members and friends. And enter into covenant with the enemy on evil altars to try to gain money, to try to gain power, to try to gain sex, to try to gain influence. So they'll sacrifice whoever, whatever. They'll sacrifice family members, friends, loved ones, whoever, spouses. They'll sacrifice their children. Undisputed the for power, for money, for sex. Literally giving up and saying, okay, well, you turn them over to me for me to use them, for me to, for, 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 or you know, even for them to die in your place. and 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 I just mentioned on, on prayer the other day we had uh, an individual we walked walking to deliverance and took him to deliverance and 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 what happened what, and when a demon manifested it was abundantly clear that when the, uh, the the father who was a warlock manifested showed up and was saying that he had he felt he had to sacrifice. He had to offer up the daughter. He said, you don't understand the power of the sacrifice. You don't understand the power of this altar. It was sacrificed. Then the demons began to manifest and began to talk about all the sacrifices that were made by this person's close family members. All the sacrifices, how they were given up and that they, because they were power, because they needed power in the village. They wanted money. And it was passed on from generation to generation. And they said, no, you don't understand. The altar needed a sacrifice. We had to make a sacrifice. So they believed. But they were showing the power of the sacrifice, and 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 then and then I said, "Well, you do understand that the enemy is, is using right?" Satan is using David. They said, "Yes, we know this. He knew that that the, that the enemy was using him and was disposing him of him." But it's through fear, it's the fear of, well, this is all we know. Yes, we we understand the power of God, but 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 if if if, if I get saved, then my whole village oh, so many people are gonna die, so many people are gonna die. And as I made a bundle of class, I said, well, no, if you don't get saved and you continue to do what you're doing, you're coming after this child of God, then there's still going to be many that's going to die by fire because they're coming against God's child. And we're going to be relentless in pursuit of wiping out and killing those in the realm of the spirit who's trying to kill this individual. And so they were showing the power of the sacrifice, of an evil sacrifice. Of an evil sacrifice. And another one was talking about another Uh, Personally, they were once connected to who made all these sacrifices on the altar because they wanted to go up in power and rank in Satan's kingdom. And all the hardship, all the the turmoil that came after this individual because of the, the, the sacrifice on the altar against them. So I'm showing the power of even an evil sacrifice. So they felt we have to give this up. To gain power, to gain influence. And so again, that's the evil version of it. They will literally give up others' lives for a chance to be rich, for a chance to be famous, for a chance to have power, etc. It's a trade off. It's a trade off. It's, it's, it's demonic exchanges. Demonic exchanges. Well, if you want this, you got to give me this. The power of sacrifice, the principle is the same. But even when, when, when Satan uh, uh, tried to tempt Jesus, he said, Look at all these kingdoms. I I'll, I'll give these kingdoms to you if you bow down and worship me. Because he knew he had the influence, the power to give things. Satan can give gifts. He can give stuff. He can give money, power, fame. Influence. He can give those things. But it's always a trade-off, and a trade-off is always death. Something or someone always has to die. That's, it's no getting around that. It's no getting around that. No getting around that. There's trade-offs. It's trading off life. You want power, money, sex? Give me a life. Now we know when it comes to God, we 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 present our bodies as a living sacrifice, and we're putting down our will and picking up God's will, and we send our life that belongs to us belongs to Christ. So you see, Satan has the evil version of that. Hello. So put it in perspective, uh, Dana said, can people sacrifice my family members on evil altars to cause harm to them and those they love? Absolutely. Absolutely. They can they can sacrifice ba- based on legal rights. That they have access. They can say, OK, I'm going to sacrifice them on the altar. And that's why we come up against those things. Or they're putting things on an altar to try to come after them. etc. Now, as far as saying, I'm going to give this person up, it takes someone with some type of legal access. A family member, or or or, or with, through witchcraft contamination, and that person is now contaminated. To where it's and now we we have access to this person, legal rights to this person. Now we can offer them as a sacrifice. But typically, they will offer up other sacrifices to try to get to the family members, to try to get to those people to do certain harm in their lives. But typically, for them to actually offer up a person, there has to have some type of legal access, a parent, grandparent, some type of bloodline relative, someone who's connected, and somewhere a close friend, uh, some close connection. That's what we say about witchcraft contamination. Within six months, a person has a dream about witchcraft on them. They don't do anything about it. That person can become a blind witch and unconscious witch. That means they're a witch or warlock and don't know it. They're being used by the enemy to do the enemy's work, and they don't know it. So that's what I've taught on that. I'm not getting into that today, but just put in that put in that perspective. So, so they literally give up lives for fame, money, power, sex, et cetera. And so we see it all the time when we deal with uh, individuals and, and their family members may have been in the occult, witch warlocks soldiers, etc., witch doctors, all that. Uh, and so it was a trade-off. It's a it's a demonic, it's an evil exchange. It's an evil exchange. They have to give up something to get something from Satan. And they'll get it. He'll get a lot of things until he's done with them. But the difference is it's always going to be death. Someone has to die because they, they, they feed off of the blood. Off of shed blood. Innocent blood. So it, it must be a sacrifice. Everything God creates, Satan tried to do because all the sacrifices came from God. Satan just found an evil way to, 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 to twist it and turn it in, in his own evil way of sacrifice because he wants to be God. He's a false God, a fallen angel. Uh, so can I put up a godly altar or put that person on God's altar to destroy that evil altar. Yeah, you can put your family members on the godly altar to intercede for them to come up against any evil altars that's coming up against them. So, yes, you can put when you put in your prayer request, put your family members, friends, etc. Put them on the altar. Lay them out on the altar in the realm of the spirit. Put their name. You write down the names and what you believe in God for, for them. Yes. Put them on altar because that altar will cry out on their behalf and fight on their behalf and they fight against the evil altars that's trying to work against them. So absolutely put them on the, on the godly altar. Absolutely. All right, let's go to, uh, and, and also, again, a godly altar will not demand the sacrifice, but you as a priest unto God will want to make a sacrifice. It's not going to make you. You better give me a sacrifice. Whereas evil altars demand it, say you better, you, you must, because the blood of Jesus is already the, the ultimate sacrifice. So a godly altar won't demand that you do it, but you as a priest unto God, you should want to make a sacrifice. You will want to make offerings unto God. All right, let's go to Romans 12 and 1. Romans 12 and 1. How do we successfully come against a Jezebel spirit through godly altars? Again, you, you raise the godly altar and you sin and you sin uh and, and you come up against this spirit of Jezebel. You say I I, I I send a five God against the spirit of Jezebel, whatever operation you're doing in my life and my family life, etc. And then, and then also and for the for, for for the altar to cry out against any evil altars that's been that's been raised up to even send Jezebel spirits, a Jezebel spirit at you to begin with. So you're coming against those altars because from the altar, the sacrifice that I made on the altar now causes things to come out from the altar to try to attack. So, so the godly altar will speak in war against an uh, a demonic altar, an evil altar. But of course, you still war against those altars. You still war against the spirit, those spirits that that you know that that are evident. Send the five God against it, coming up against it, destroying the works of it. So you still have a place in that job. That's still part of your responsibility to war and fight against it. All right, Romans twelve and one. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. A living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So we see here the importance of presenting our physical bodies, this flesh, unto God as a sacrifice. He said, get that flesh out of the way. In other words, it's crucifying the flesh. It's getting the flesh out of the way completely. Just as the flesh of animals was once the burnt offering sacrifice in the Old Testament to atone for sins, we are to crucify our flesh this flesh, so that it doesn't it does not control anything, so it does not interfere. It's like going through a death, but still being alive. It's crucified because the flesh it, it, it's, it's uncomfortable to the flesh to be obedient to God. It's uncomfortable to the flesh to carry out the will of God. The flesh doesn't like it because the flesh wants to do its own thing. The flesh has it, 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 it has its own agenda, and Satan preys on the flesh. So your flesh wants to go the way that it wants to go, do the things it wants to do, act how it wants to act. So that's why we have to put it on the altar. Crucify this flesh. Because if not, the enemy going to pray on that flesh. And we're going to have a field day, praying on the flesh, because you're not flesh. You're spirit. You're spirit. You're not flesh. And so, again... You're a living sacrifice, as it clearly says here. You're a living sacrifice. You're alive, but the flesh is going through a death because the flesh got to get out the way so that the real you, your spirit man, can come alive. Your flesh is being silenced, and your spirit, which is the real you, comes alive. So worshiping God and spirit is your reasonable service, which means the true way to worship God. That is where where we we then can worship God in spirit and in truth. We're spirit and we worship God literally in spirit. And spirit is where we worship God from. Just like we are to live in the spirit, walk in the spirit. When we walk in the spirit again, we're stepping in and walking in the Holy Spirit. I already told you that. It's simply us stepping in the Holy Spirit. And in him we have freedom to worship. He then steps into Jesus. Jesus then steps into God. And that puts us directly in the heart of God. It's a process. So no one can get to God. We know except for Jesus. No one can truly know Jesus or get to Jesus without Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit escorts us to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ escorts us to God, the father. And flesh cannot worship God because flesh cannot get in his presence. So that's why right there out of court. Sacrifice this flesh. Get this body out of the way. Present your bodies unto God as a living sacrifice. All right, flesh, stay right here in outer court. I'm crucifying you on this altar, and then I'm going into uh, uh, the, 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 the 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 holy place, and then into the holies of holies. Process outer court, inner court, holies of holies. So outer court, holy place, holies of holies. That, that was the, that. was the structure of uh, uh, of uh, of the ark of the covenant. That was the process. They would sacrifice the animals on the outside in the outer court. They would prepare it on the outer court and then go inside the the uh, the holy place. They prepare, etc. To uh, uh, and, and and the sacrifice, etc. Make it and submit it unto God. And then, of course, going into the holies of holies. Remember, the priest could only go into the holies of holies one time a year. During the Day of Atonement. But now you can go into the Holy of Holies in the presence of God every day, as long, as often, as you want because of Jesus' sacrifice. So do you understand the power and the significance truly of Jesus' sacrifice? The priest who made the sacrifices or who made the offerings or who went to God on behalf of the people could only go into the Holy of Holies one time a year during the Day of Atonement. One time a year. You can go any time of the day any time of the week, as often as you want. The power of the sacrifice of Jesus' blood, that sacrifice, his sacrifice on the altar of the cross, when it's opened up for you, when it has opened up for you. So I'm showing you the power of sacrifices on the altar. And we're not Jesus Christ. We, 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 we can't die for the salvation of others. Jesus Christ did it once and for all. But he was the firstborn of many brothers and sisters who will come after him and we're joint heirs with Christ. So we still make sacrifices. We still offer sacrifices, make offerings unto God through the blood of Jesus Christ. So it's get myself, get this flesh out of the way. The real you is not flesh. The real you is spirit. All right, let's go to First Samuel 1. We're gonna spend a little spend a little time here. First Samuel one, verses nine through eleven, and twenty four through twenty eight. The power of your sacrifice and offerings on Godly altars. I cannot stress this enough. It speaks. The altar it speaks on your behalf. Now, the altar doesn't do the job of Holy Spirit, who intercedes on our behalf according to the will of God. The altar doesn't do that. But whatever you put on the altar, whatever petition you put on the altar, the altar is simply rehearsing it back to God and and, and crying out on your behalf back to God. It's, 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 It's crying out on your behalf. Whereas Holy Spirit intercedes on your behalf according to the will of God. Stands in a gap for you according to the will of God. Praise the will of God over your life the altar is simply crying out on your behalf whatever you put on the altar whatever's on your heart whatever you you wanting from God whatever you declaring on the altar the altar now cries that out back unto God first Samuel 1 verses 9 through 11 and verses 24 to 28 it says so Hannah arose after he had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh Now, Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, "O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor. Shall come upon his head. All right, verses twenty-four to twenty-eight. Now, when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bulls, one ephah of flour, and the skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. Then they slaughtered a bull and brought the child to Eli. And she said, "Oh my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here praying to the Lord for this child. I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition which I asked of him. Therefore." I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worship the Lord there. So here we know in this passage, we find Hannah. Hannah was she was childless. Not only was she childless, but at this time before Christ, men and multiple uh, uh, men had multiple wives. and, 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 And her husband's other wife, Penina, had children. And then she would taunt Hannah for not being able to have any children. So imagine the turmoil, the, the 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 wound in her soul. From number one, it says she 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 wept in anguish. Her, her, she was she she was wounded. Her soul was wounded. It says she was bitterness of soul in verse ten, and she wept unto God in anguish. So already wounded because they've been trying to conceive and couldn't conceive, and then now Penina is all of a sudden. Taunting her because Peninnah was able to have kids at the time and Hannah was, was un, un, unable to have it at that time. And so she was taunting her. So that adds more wounds. Right. And so through the taunting. So so Hannah went to the tabernacle. To cry out to the Lord. She prayed and cried and she prayed and she cried and she prayed and she cried. She was consistent in her prayer. She was so wounded in her soul, but she continued to cry out to the Lord. She vowed that if God gave her a son, that she would dedicate him back to the Lord to be used in a tabernacle as a priest. And some of you may be familiar with the, con- co- the concept of, of dedicating uh, uh, your child unto God. You know, you know some call it christening, but baby dedication, dedicating them back unto God, saying, Lord, we submit we submit this child back unto you. To be used by you, to be used for your glory. That, that's where that concept comes from, baby dedication. you dedicate dedicating him back to the Lord for the Lord who gave, and now you're giving this child back to the Lord to be used in the service of the Lord. But in this particular instance, it was it was even another step. Again, she went to the tabernacle, but she vowed that if God gave her son, she would dedicate him to be used in the tabernacle as a priest. So she wanted the child so badly and showed God what she was willing to to sacrifice. She was willing to give him back to be used in the tabernacle to be trained to be a priest. And so Eli, the priest in the tabernacle, saw her and told her that God had answered prayer and she would concede. So now she's holding on to this promise because it means she conceived immediately. So you still have to hold on to the promise. Hold on to what God has said in the midst of the warfare, in the midst of the setback. Hold on and knowing that God is going to work it out as you continue to pray. So he's already worked it out. It's already done. But you being persistent and consistent in prayer, praying and warring and praying and warring and praying and warring until you see the results. And so that's what she did. And then he said, Okay, you're going to conceive. So Hannah then had her first child. And it was the son that she prayed for. And she named him Samuel, which means heard by God. Heard by God. It's a power and a name. She named him Samuel because God heard her prayers. She said he heard my prayers, so I'm going to call him Samuel. She then told her husband that she would wean Samuel and then take him to the tabernacle during the yearly visit to the tabernacle to make a what? Sacrifice. And when Samuel was old enough, which was like around age three to five, she took him to the temple and offered her yearly sacrificial offering to the Lord. And she also dedicated her son Samuel to be used in the temple. She made a vow on God and now she's keeping it. And the passage says she linked him to the Lord. But it's, what it basically is saying, what it really means is that the Lord gave Samuel to her and she is now dedicated Samuel back to God. Hello? And, and, and dedicating Samuel back to God. So, so, so you following what, what's happening here? And so in this case, it was a literal dedication to God for him to be trained up by Eli to serve in the temple. So she literally dedicated him unto God to be used to work in a temple, to be trained up, to be a priest, to serve uh, uh, the community, the the, the temple at large, the sanctuary. So this was a big sacrifice. She prayed, Lord, she wanted a son. So, Lord, you give him to me, I'll give him back to you. So Hannah and her family worshipped God. They would leave Samuel there and yearly for the yearly sacrifice. It was, it was a pilgrimage. It was, it was a place. There was a time and they had to travel up through the, the, the three yearly sacrifices. And so. Uh, so think about it, it's kind of like how the Jews did this. They could make that. Those big sacrifices, those big offerings, at one time they would because they would save it all up. They would they would save it all just so we give tithes and offerings. You may do it uh, weekly, biweekly, once a month, etc. As you save up, so you may do it weekly, biweekly, a monthly. How do you do it? But you accumulate it based on whatever you you brought in gross, and then you tithe that. So this what they did. They accumulated for the whole year and was able to bring it to the temple. And that takes dedication. That takes discipline, right? But but just just putting that uh in, in perspective. Amen. teaches her name means joy and gladness. Everyone always says that about me. Amen. It's, it's power in a name, absolutely, absolutely. And so, and so, they worship God. They left Samuel there to the temple after she had weaned him. He was probably three to five. And so Hannah would then make a robe according to Second Samuel two and nineteen. Hannah would make a robe and give it to Samuel every time that they would travel to the tabernacle. And so Hannah also conceived more children. So God exceeded her request. She cried out, "Lord, I vow, I will dedicate my child back to you. Give me a son." And literally, she dedicated him to be used to do the work of the Lord in the temple. And so God then ex- it, uh, enlarged or multiplied her womb, and she had more children. So God exceeded her expectation. God is the God of more than enough. He is El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. So we see the sacrifice that Hannah made unto God. She was serious. She truly gave sacrificial offerings. The offerings they normally brought to the tabernacle were sacrifices. But this offering of her son to the Lord was huge because it was her first child and was after she was bearing for so many years. She dedicated to the Lord what was so important to her. Now you see how the enemy comes with the evil side and then they would, would, would use actual child sacrifice where they will actually have their children to pass to the fire, actually th- kill their children to try to gain power. So you see the evil version of it. So, again, Hannah was serious about a sacrifice. So when we make sacrifices and offerings unto the Lord, there should be a time when you go beyond the norm. When you go beyond the norm, there should be times when you're willing to make a sacrifice unto God that you can feel. Yes, your praise and worship are sacrifices. Yes, surrendering to God is a sacrifice. However, there are some sacrifices that completely shocks the flesh. There are, there are big financial offerings that you can make to the Lord that goes way beyond something you're comfortable with. There's sacrifice of you giving up something, like I said earlier, like TV shows that you really like, but it's not healthy for your soul for the sake of going deeper in God. There are fasts you can go on about things to show that you're not willing to eat until you see the change or until you get the answers. The list goes on and on and on and on, but God is not trying to take anything from you. God is not trying to take anything from you. He's trying to get something to you. He always gives back way more than your sacrifice. That's how good he is. So some are still holding on to what they sacrificed years ago. Where is your fresh sacrifice or offering unto God? How bad do you want it? How bad do you want to go deeper in God? You can show it on the golly altar. What sacrifices are you saying? Lord, I'm giving this up. or oh, I'm vowing that I'm going to do this. Because this is how bad I want to go deeper in you. This is how bad I want this thing to manifest in my life. And I know that it's being held up. So that now your sacrifice on the godly altar is now causing the godly altar to cry out on your behalf against the evil altars. That's blocking the very thing that you believe in God for. The power of the sacrifice on the altar. That's the, that is the power, the mystery of the sacrifice on a godly altar. Because it happens when when when, when Witch and sorcerers make their evil sacrifices on demonic altars. So how much more when you make a godly sacrifice, a godly offering on a godly holy altar, how much more will you see? How much more will manifest? That's yet another weapon, another strategy that the enemy is too much fire for the enemy to keep up with. And they can't hold on to all of it. How much more? One golly altar. stopped the plague that killed 70,000 70, men. One golly altar. Caused 850 evil priests to be destroyed. After they already killed so many of the children of God. One golly altar that Elijah had raised up. One golly altar that you raised up. One golly altar that you raised up. And you keep working at altar and keep working at altar and working at altar and working at altar. And that altar is going to keep working for you, and keep working for you, and keep crying out on your behalf. But everything you put on it, even when you're not present, the altar is now still saying, "Yes, Lord, save them. Let so and so be saved. Yes, Lord, uh, you see the sacrifices that they have made. Yes, Lord, make sure uh, let let the, let their marital destiny come and, come and come to pass. Let their let them have that career change. Let let the finances begin to come in their life. Now, the gold, the golly altar, is now literally crying out." Is literally crying out on your behalf, repeating back the very words that you said. I'm showing you now, a golly altar, as is is I mentioned to you last week, you got to get the mystery of it, the, 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 the revelation in it, that it literally becomes a living being. And it's now crying out on your behalf and it's repeating back what you said. It's like a tape recorder. Everything you said on that altar. <laughs> Lord, heal so-and-so, heal so-and-so who's sick, who's been in the hospital. You see the tax on their body, heal them, and they're literally playing back everything you just said on the altar. Every petition you just prayed, the godly altar is literally praying it back unto God because it's alive. It's a living altar, and so you keep working that altar, that altar won't keep working on your behalf. You keep praying on that altar, that altar will keep praying back the very prayers that you prayed unto God, back unto God. The power of a live altar altar a living being this altar that you created because the creative power of god in you the altar is crying out on your behalf crying out and speaking out your petition and it's also speaking against any evil altar who's who's saying something contrary to what you prayed contrary to the will of god now the godly altar will now war against that evil altar altar for altar altar versus altar Fire rushes fire. And the fire on the godly altar is far more greater than the fire on an evil altar. But you got to keep working the altar. Because the difference is what happens is the evil priests continue to work their altar. Until, of course, you destroy it. But they may have so many altars set up. You got to keep praying and warring because they may have shields and certain things, legal rights, etc., to keep sending. So you got to keep sending the fire until you know it's completely destroyed, until it's silent in your life. So you got to keep working the godly altar so the fire can continue to come out the godly altar. They continue to go against the evil altars. Persistent, consistent. The power of working the altar, the power of sacrifice on the altar, it's a life changer, it's a game changer. But you got to keep working it. It can't go, oh, I tried it a couple weeks. I ain't seen no results. No, you got to work it. Because you're still making up for lost time. God is still redeeming the time in your life. And redeeming the time is not always a quick thing. Oh, right now, immediately, it could be a process. And you're getting piece by piece by piece. So you got to keep working it because he's still building your spirit man up. You have to understand that as you come into more of the fullness, we all come to fullness and more knowledge of God, our spirit man, is, it doesn't stop growing. So God is using that to build up your spirit, man, even more, to make it even stronger, to do what God has called it to do. And so in that process, he's building up your, your spirit and feeding your spirit as you as you taking it in, take it in the word of God. You taking it in the preach word of God. You taking it in the literal study in the word of God. You're, you're praising worship of God. You're putting your petition on the altar, crying out unto, unto God. You're building up your spirit, man. You're building up your stamina. You're building up your endurance, you 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 you're building up your endurance. Hello, somebody. I'm, I'm, you got to catch this. You, you, you got to catch this. So 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 I'm just putting that in perspective. I'm putting it in perspective now. So this power now. altar. Let's go to Genesis four. We're gonna end. Uh, matter of fact. We'll pick up with that next week because sh- I'm shifting into something different there. uh So, so, so we'll pick up on that. And so, so again, it's endurance, endurance, and, and, and that's that's really one of the biggest challenges of the body of Christ is endurance. I, I, I've seen many children of God start out strong, praying, fasting, they're on a good rhythm, they're they're in a good flow, and then that all of a sudden, the enemy turn up the fire. That's oh no 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 no. We don't want them in prayer. Too much revelation gonna come in prayer. No, 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 no. We we don't we don't we don't want them chasing after God like that. Whoa, 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 that's trouble, that's problem right there. We we don't want that. So we got to turn up the heat for them. And then it pushes you out of prayer, it pushes you out of your persistency and consistency in prayer, and then you begin to lose that momentum. Now don't beat yourself up, you just pick back up and you gain the momentum again. And it don't feel like, oh, it's gonna be so long to get back here. God's a redeemer of the time. But the key is that endurance. That endurance, we have to learn to endure and enduring on me. Oh, I'm just suffering. I'm enduring all this pain. I'm enduring all this turmoil. No, it's endurance that your prayer life is increasing. Your stamina is increasing. Your endurance. Right. So. So if if, if you're trying to run a marathon. you, you, You don't you don't come out the gates running 10 miles. You have to build up. All right. Let me see how I can get to one mile. All right, I'm doing this for a couple weeks. All right, now let me see how I'm gonna do it two miles. And then you are timing yourself, and then you building your doings because you know at a certain time you need to make this is what I need to make in in a, in a mile. This is what I I need to make in in a two mile run. And, and those of you in the military understand uh, uh, the PT test, that that, that physical training test, or so that uh uh and 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 what happens is you gotta you have to do that two mile run as far as in the army. Oh, uh, uh, you have to do a two mile run. If, you, if you're in the Navy, there's certain swimming you got to do in a certain amount of time. But but in the army, uh, uh Marines, etc. You You have to run the two miles within a certain time based on your age, etc. And so if you're not used to running, you're not running, you have to build that stamina. OK, I need you look at you. OK, this is one mile. One mile. Is up, I got one mile to go. Am I on pace, or I need to pick up the pace? Am I am I am I behind the schedule, or I got to pick it up? And so eventually, you, and you have to practice and practice and practice running, so that when you take the test, you like, all right, I know where I'm at, I got this. And some barely make the time, some don't make the time, got to take it again. So what I'm saying is that you have to build up that endurance to be able to handle the 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 the, the 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 battle, so to speak, to be able to handle if it's a long war, you got to have the endurance to be able to. Not back down because the enemy's not backing down. You have to make them back down. So it's it, it's endurance, building that momentum, be, be, building that momentum in, in, in the realm of the spirit. You're, you're gaining momentum. So it's it's training to be able to pray on the level you're promotion to be able to pray longer, right? And so and so and so it's it, so and it, so it takes steps. It takes steps. That's what I'm talking about when I say endurance. That, that's what I'm saying, endurance. There's certain things maybe you you start out doing and you and you had to study to get better at it. Like, oh, well, I don't know to drive in a car. Right? There, there was steps. You had to first study the book to be because you had to pass the written test. So you had to study that. And then you had to practice driving. You may just get in the car and say, I just know how to drive. So you practice driving, you try, practice backing up you go going around the neighborhood, you're going around hand. you're practicing, you're all close to the wheel when you first start. you're all tight because, you, you know, you you controlling the whole wheel, No, not knowing you don't have to move the wheel the whole way, but when you start, you don't know, but you're learning now, you're learning, okay, I'm learning how to control this wheel, all right, all right, then, then the more you go, good, the more comfortable you got there now, Or oh, I can put one hand on the wheel, oh, now I can barely touch the wheel because I understand that the wheel is really going to, unless the car's out of alignment, the car's out of alignment, what's going to happen And that car will start going to the left, start going to the right, and you have to get the car back in alignment, same concept with you getting in alignment with the things of God. Okay, well, I've been distracted. All right, let me get back in alignment. I've been re- rearing to the left. I was distracted. I was rearing to the right. Business got in the way. All right, let me get back in alignment and continue to endure. And in that same vehicle that you're driving, it requires oil. It requires gas. If you run if you run low on gas, you run out of gas, then the car is going to break down, right? If 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 the, the, the wires are not connected to the battery, the car is not going to start. Endurance training and so I'm showing all these steps it is about gaining momentum in the realm of the spirit that that's what you're doing and so in these sacrifices on the altar these offerings on the altar are so so critical as you raise these golly altars so powerful so I, I'm trying to get you in in, in the habit and and of, of putting sacrifice and offerings on the golly altar and also making sacrificial offerings Sacrifice under God. I've, I've named several different types of sacrifices. It's going to be uncomfortable at first. Even fasting. You know, start up for, for some of you, are not accustomed to fasting. Like, oh, Lord, one day seemed like an eternity. Right? One day with no food. Oh, just one meal. That whole day. Then, then you build stamina. And then it's two days. Then three days won't feel as bad after a while. Four days, five days. So, so I'm showing you it's that stamina, you're building stamina to where now the, the body is so, such the way until the fast doesn't impact you the way that it once did physically. Now, you still feel it the more time you go, certainly. But I'm just showing you that that's part of building endurance, building your stamina. And then now you're making that sacrifice, and all, oh boy, then all of a sudden, you go on that fast, and everybody got some food want to give you. And you you smelling all the food. Oh, they got pizza at work. Oh, they got this. Oh, they tell me they got a potluck at work. Oh, they got all this food, all this food. And now you're like, man, I can't eat. I'm fasting. But you you tim- you don't want nothing to eat. You're not eating today. The then somebody makes your favorite dish. Oh, Lord, have mercy, Jesus. I don't, all oh, this sacrifice, right? So you've been there. You know what that, them, 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 them uh, uh, uh fast pains for your life. But it's that of Lord. No food. I, I'm not feeding to this flesh. Food is not more important than this. Eating is not more important than this. I'm going deeper into your God. I want this to manifest. And I know the enemy is holding up. Show me what's going on. Show me what's happening so I know how to strategically attack. How I can do so I can know what I need to do. I'm coming in deep, oh God. I'm sacrificing this. I'm sacrificing this body by fasting. I'm I'm sacrificing this offering. Yes, it seems like a lot of money, Lord. But this is what I certainly need to happen. Yesterday, I do more giving this unto you than I do spending this. Because this is how badly I want it. This is how badly it needs to manifest in the here and now. Sacrifices. And the altar will gladly accept that sacrifice. Hold it for you, shall I say? Submit it unto God. Hello. Put in perspective. Just as I tried fasting every day this week and failed when I know I should have been ready. And that's part. Don't beat yourself up for it. Keep going back. Keep going back. That's part of the building your stamina. Building your stamina. There was a time when I was not fasting every week. Well, that was hard. But again, you build stamina, momentum. It's just different. And then sometimes you don't get too comfortable in something. to be like, well, I'm not feeling this at all anymore. So then God will challenge you and go a step up. This week, this is what I want you to do. And sometimes you call you on a fast. Other times you take, you go on a fast. Because, again, what you're sacrificing. Some believe that, oh, well, you don't go on a fast unless God calls you on a fast. No, you can fast for whatever you want. Because that's you. That's you giving a sacrifice unto God. Hello. Let's put it in perspective. Right, Leticia, that's what everybody and their mama want to ask you how to eat with them. Absolutely. Oh, come on, it's my treat. Oh, Lord, I can't eat today. I can't eat today says they treat two man, Lord mercy, I, I missed a meal. So, so so it's all these type of things. It's funny, uh, but when you're in it, you be feeling that thing, you know what I'm saying? And so, and so just put in that perspective again, you have the ability to make these sacrifices on a godly altar. So I want you to get in the habit of putting your petition on your altar, putting a sac- any sacrifice the making these sacrifices on altar, offerings unto God that's out of your comfort zone for something you said, Lord, I want we saw what Hannah did. Doesn't get much deeper than that. So, so 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 I'm showing you the power of the sacrifices on the godly altars. Amen. And so next week we're gonna get a little deeper, continue to go, and we're gonna do some other things, and then we're gonna get even deeper into understanding how these evil altars operate and and, and why it seemed like you you you've been signified except against these evil altars and why it seemed like these evil altars are still working against you, etc. And so we're gonna get into all of that. Uh it's it's about persistence and consistency, but you have to understand you've destroyed so much. That's why the enemy is trying to do everything to try to shut you up, to try to shut you down, to try to distract you, to get you to lose momentum, so they can buy some time because they're trying to catch their breath, they're trying to breathe. Like, oh my goodness, because you bringing so much fire, you coming harder than you ever come before, and they don't know how to handle you anymore. What used to work doesn't work anymore. Hello. Put it in perspective. Amen. So, so I'm going to stop there. Uh, the first call is if you're not saved. Then he comes to kill, steal and destroy. Christ came that you may have life and that you may have life more abundantly. If you're not saved, this is your opportunity. You want to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal savior. It's as simple as repeating after me. Lord Jesus Christ, I believe you died on a cross for my sins. And rose again from the dead with all power in your hand. I repent of all of my sins. Known and unknown. Lord Jesus Christ, I know you ascended back in heaven to be with God the Father. I want you to come into my heart. I want to live for you. I belong to you. Use me, Jesus. Amen. So you just say that for the first time. It's that simple. It is that simple. You are now saved. You have eternal salvation. You've accepted Lord Jesus Christ as your personal lord and savior and that's your first time we uh confessing that we making that profession we dec- we welcome you to the family of god now and angels in heaven are rejoicing because you just came back into the family of god if that's your first time saying that you can send an email to info at decorgreen.org info at d-o-q-u-o-i-g-r-e-e-n.org info at decorgreen.org so you can get some information uh, uh, to help you on your new journey Your new walk So you can get, get you plugged in uh, To help you on this new journey Because salvation is not the end It is just the beginning It starts at salvation Amen So the second call is If you've been coming here You've been part of this Bible study uh, uh, Week after week after week After week after week after week After week And you know this is home you, you, I'm talking to two different types of people You know this is home You know that I'm your pastor You know that I'm your spiritual covering You're hearing this sound you're hearing this sound that's coming out of this church, coming out of this ministry. You hear the sound and it's bearing witness with your soul, bearing witness with your spirit. You know this is home, that I'm your pastor, your spiritual covering. Send an email to uh, membership at decoragreen.org, membership at decoragreen.org. Or you can send to info at decoragreen.org, but membership at decoragreen.org. If you know this is home, I'm your pastor, no matter where you are across the world. Across the globe, it's not about just being inside four walls. It's about what God has called you to do out in the valley, out in the marketplace, and we can help you in that. And, and there's many things we have in place to help you still get connected, et cetera. Where you don't, you're not feeling like you're out there by yourself, and you're still very much connected to the church. Amen. Uh, that's the first type of person. The second type of person, maybe you already have a church home, you have an assignment there, but I serve more as a uh, as a mentor to you uh, uh, through the ministry, et cetera. You can send an email uh, uh, to membership at decorgreen.org as well. And again, once you get the information, you have the option to check which one uh, category you fall under. Amen. So govern yourselves accordingly. You know that you don't procrastinate. Don't drag your feet. Go through the process that's in place uh, so that um, so that you can uh, you can do that. So do you need Facebook to join the Warriors Circle? Uh, you don't have to have Facebook, but there's a lot that have its own Facebook. Uh, if you part of the Warriors Circle, that's my mentors group. Someone just asked about that. That's that. That's the mentors group. Uh, but then you you also get emails when the training, et cetera, happens. So you'll still be able to keep up to date with with that. But there's other assignments and et cetera that, that, that's done on the Facebook, in the Facebook group. Amen? Uh, and, and the next call is, again, it was a good word. You sew back into the word. You sow back into it and never sew a casual seat. We talked about even today about sacrificial offerings. Uh, uh, unto God, some, 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 for some, you got a stretching, you he's taking out of your comfort what you're normally giving, what you're normally sowing, etc. So, but take heed to how the Holy Spirit is leading you. What do you want, right? And so, about sacrifice on altar, you understand that concept now, even more than ever before. So, prayerfully, you understand sacrifice, even financial offerings as a sacrifice. We talk about all types of sacrifice and offerings today. So, uh, ma- never sow a casual seed, name that seed. What do you expect that seed to accomplish? And yes, you can sow the same seed over and over again, or the same sow seeds for the same thing over and over again. Just that you can pray for the same things over and over again. That's part of your persistence and consistent. So when you're sowing that seed, seeds for those same things over and over. Now that's a persistent seed. It'll be so much harvest that Amy couldn't grab all of it. So 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 being, So you go to decorgreen.org, decorgreen.org, d o q u o i. G-R-E-E-N. Go to the donate tab and sow what the Lord placed on your heart to sow because we need individuals like you to help us to continue to advance the kingdom because the gospel is free, but ministry costs, it costs to build, it costs to advance, it costs to, to acquire land, it costs to uh, uh transform communities, etc. So it takes individuals like you helping us to do that. Amen. All we're all across the globe, and we need individuals like you to help us continue to advance the kingdom of God on earth. Amen. Uh, Kimberly said, "Do you have a class for healing soul healing? Uh, we do. Uh, we already have a current class that's going on now. Uh, the next one probably will be probably toward the end of January, early February. But there's already people that class is already filling up. So uh, if you want to register, I would reg- recommend soon, uh, or you'll be on the waiting list for the for the next class after that class. So because um, it, it fills up pretty fast. All right." Amen. Amen. All right. All right. So uh, that's all that I have. So I will close out in prayer. And of course, we'll be back again tomorrow morning, uh, six o'clock in Eastern Standard Time for our Warriors Prayer Circle. Father God, we come now to the end of this Bible study. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you for all that was said and done on tonight. We thank for the word that went forth. I declare it is taking root in the lives of these, your people. Thank you for showing us and reminding us the power of the sacrifice of an offering on a godly altar. We don't take it for granted. We don't take it lightly, O God. We thank you for showing us. We thank you for pushing us, for stretching us, for using us for your glory. We thank you, o God, for uh, uh, every evil altar that's trying to work against us. We send the fire, God, right now to destroy it. We send the heavenly hosts to get uh, uh, in front of us to fight and do war on our behalf. For no weapon that the enemy forms against us shall be able to prosper. We thank you, o God, for taking us deeper in prayer. O God, for stretching our prayer life. Oh God, we thank you. We praise you. We exalt your name. We magnify your name now, oh God. I declare your spirit of peace is resting upon. These your people, O oh God, let your love overshadow them, oh God, let your glory consume them, oh God, as they go deeper in the things of you. Holy Spirit, continue to give them clarity on what, what, what you want them to do next, what they're supposed to be doing. Give them clarity of assignment. They've been seeking answers, been trying to get understanding. I thank for understanding. Let it come in the name of Jesus. I come against every blockage of the enemy that will try to block revelation in the name of Jesus by fire. I send a fire, God, to destroy it now in the mighty name of Jesus. oh God, we thank you, O God. We praise you. We love you. We give him your name all glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. So remember, go back and listen uh, to the teaching throughout the week. Because, um, of course, uh, we know that faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. Uh, and so, and blessing to you, all you know, those who are celebrating Thanksgiving this week. Um, uh, remember, first thing first, putting Christ first. Amen. Uh, and going through the Kimberly if you want information about the class. Uh, it's, it's under every YouTube video. You'll see various links in it. You'll see where it says about uh, the deliverance and soul healing class. Uh, or you can send an email to info at to get uh, the link on how to uh, sign up. Uh, but it's, it's self-explanatory on the site. Amen. All right. So, of course, as always, remember that you are the breath of God. And God never wastes a breath. This is the Apostle Decor Green sign out. God bless you. I'll see you next week for Bible study and in the morning for the Warriors Prayer Closet. Have a great evening. Warriors, thank you for tuning in to the Spiritual Warfare Network podcast and applying today's teaching. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow Apostle Green on social media.